Hello and welcome to Professional Disaster. That's right. I'm Matt Norman. I'm Will Hebner. Hey, it's your friends, Will and Matt, and we're, we're back to give you some more of those podcasts you like so much. I don't want to assume. Maybe you hate listen. I, it could be anywhere in between, come to think of it. I'm second-guessing myself a little bit, Will. Hey, that's okay. If you're hate listening, you can hate email, too. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> please let us know. <laughs> let us know. ProfDisaster2023 at gmail.com. That's ProfDisaster2023 at gmail.com. Matt, what are some of the reasons why somebody might email us? Well, they might want to let us know that they hate us, I guess. <laughs> I've never thought about that before until I just had a moment of uh, existential crisis. But we generally... They might email because of uh, they, they might have some questions or we might uh, touch on something that they want to kind of add some some thoughts to some flavor, mm. um, which would be great, by the yeah. way. I um, love that, flavor. That's one of those things. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a bland boy and I need a little bit more flavor in my life. You um, are pretty white. <laughs> It's like picture of me next to some white bread, and everybody's like, "Wait a second, when did two of Matt get here?" That's, <laughs> that's the most ridiculous thing I've heard all day. <laughs> it's not the most ridiculous thing I've said all day. So there you go. Not shocking. That's okay. I haven't said much today, so I can't throw myself under the bus. But that's all right. That's oh. why we're gathering here, folks, because we want to have a conversation. And we here. want you to join that conversation. How do you do that? Email us. We'd love to see it. We'd love to see you. We would love to see you. Yeah. <laughs> um, send a pic. Nope. You nope, know what? Never, never mind. Never, never mind. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not even gonna. Not gonna follow that through. Nope. Just <laughs> don't a send a picture. Don't. Please, please, please don't. Please don't. I'm. I'm definitely gonna send you a picture now. Oh man. <laughs> Only because you said not to. Now I want to. Isn't that the truth of humanity? Oh, man, yeah. Reverse psychology, they mm. call it. <laughs> Works every time. Maybe so. Maybe what we should do is say, please don't send us you know your what? emails. We're tired of all the emails. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't send them. Don't send them. Maybe it'll work. It'll Turn like, off the podcast. Don't even listen. <laughs> <laughs> and then what? They're going to listen more? What? It's yeah. Like, We're going to listen harder now. <laughs> I'm slowing it down so I can listen longer. It's like... <laughs> Hey, by the way, that is pretty hilarious to to listen to us either on uh, fast fast speed or slow speed. What it does oh, to the voice man. is pretty fantastic. That's pretty great. I have we talked about this? What what speed do you listen to podcasts at? Are you normal? Because I'm a normal 1.0. person. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, um, some of you uh, smarter folks, your brain might uh, be able to. I guess here at a faster pace. Yeah, yeah. I just, there, there's. I this, struggle hard enough to hear at one point now. This is uh, there's this fantastic issue of Captain America. I promise this this ties in. But um, he uh, he's like he dodges this bullet one time, and somebody he's with says, "How did you do that?" And he says, "Oh, I can just see faster." I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. But I like the idea of it, right? You know, it's like he, he just perceives things in a faster way so that he can react and everything. I see That's faster. That's the way I like to think now, now that you said that. Uh, I, I hear faster. I listen at 1.3 speed, so that's that's about mm. as fast as I go. Um, unless gotcha. it's a, unless, sometimes I can crank it up to 1.5, but <laughs> that's rare. Speaking of cranking it up. Oh, man. Let's crank up the love. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you know what? It's February. It's February. It's the first Tuesday of February as far as this is. When as far as any of you guys know. Yeah, it's, it, that it's coming out for anybody. Because of that, we're going to do a special segment called Valentine's Day Top Two Reasons Why mm. We Love Our Wives. We did a really good job. Workshopping this, <laughs> the title of this segment, and that's no, perfect. But, no notes, <laughs> no notes. But seriously, though, uh, Valentine's Day is one of those made-up holidays by Hallmark to steal all money from all men. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's okay because it's an important day for us to remember how special our our significant others are, and to honor them. And so today, we're we're going to take a few moments and honor them uh, with. Uh, for for me and Matt personally, mm -hmm. uh, the top two reasons why we love our wives. That's right. You know, sometimes we get a little silly on here and we say things that we think are jokes, and we want to make sure that it's really clear um, we love our wives. <laughs> that didn't sound like an apology. Anyways, 
I'm gonna go ahead and start us off. I'll start give off, I'll man. give one, and then you can give one, and we'll okay. just we'll kind of go back and forth. Now we we started off with three, and then we went down to two <laughs> for sake of time, not because we couldn't think. Not of because three. we had like question marks <laughs> next to number three. No, no. no. In fact, I'm I'm, I'm bringing back uh, a, a quick one because I think that it's stupid. I I wanted to focus uh, maybe on some less vain reasons why i love my wife okay yeah good but obviously i feel like it'd be stupid for me to not say that what initially interested me to my wife was mm -hmm. the fact that i thought she was gorgeous yeah that's great so that's great yeah definitely definitely in there uh this this first one i it's it's kind of a weird way to put it but i guess it uh, i love my wife because she loves adventure mm, okay uh, cool and is fun she's not boring yeah in fact I make fun of her all the time because she is ADD, ADHD, mm -hmm. whatever you want to say, uh, just a little bit. And one of the things that comes along with that is that she'll pick up a hobby and then, you know, disregard it and yeah. then pick up another hobby. But as much as I make fun of it, it's kind of fun. Yeah. It keeps life yeah. exciting. You yeah. never know what she's going to be into next. She, and, doesn't, she doesn't stay still. Right? And honestly, yeah, she's... Cool. One of those reasons is the only reason that I got into photography. So if she hadn't had her, you know, little season of of being into photography, yeah, I'd have never found my way into photography. Mm -hmm. So you know, that's that's really cool. Yeah. Sometimes I I think this is true in life is that things that can be seen as weakness can also be superpowers if thought of in the right way. Yeah. That's a really good. That's a really good point there, and uh, but it, that's a great quality that you that you mentioned there. I could say that about uh, Tara too, but I, but it wasn't one of the ones I wrote down. But I'll smuggle it in. Just yes, yes. Also, she keeps my life very exciting and, and <laughs> smuggle and smuggling it in. You don't have that's to a, smuggle her in. A, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Where are you trying to smuggle her? <laughs> We're going to the Caribbean. No. Okay. Um, so uh, I'll say that, uh, hey, similarly, I find my wife uh, very attractive. But one of the things that really jumped out about Tara is that she is just like one of the most um, it's kind of I like the way that you put it, because it's the same thing. Like like it's something that I know she kind of gets like kind of frustrated about herself about like she calls herself very blunt and, you mm. know, kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. she never really knows how to like come out and, and, and say something sugarcoat something. But I really just love how Tara is not afraid to just kind of like, you know, even though she can't figure out exactly the right way to say it, she just puts an idea out there. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. It almost always is the right idea, even if she can't quite figure out exactly yeah, what the, to say the, it. how to word it. And, and in doing that, it kind of keeps things from just being like that, you know, that really boring kind of like, it depends on the context, of course, but like, you know how like if you're in a meeting and nobody knows exactly what to say, so everybody's yeah, just yeah, kind of yeah. like agreeing and it's like, oh, or okay, too afraid to say something because yeah. it might be wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think she's really, I mean, I honestly, I, I think of it as bravery. I think she's just yeah, really I gonna, brave. I, fearless to, is what I was thinking. Yeah. I, I mean, like, and, and not only that, I mean, she's just got... Along those lines, she has one of the sharpest minds I know for just kind of like her mind works in a way where she's always looking for the gaps. And so she, yeah, yeah. so she figures out something that nobody else has said or thought of, and then she's not afraid to mention it and just, just put it out there uh, no matter how it, it, it kind of comes across. She doesn't want to come across in that way, but it's like, you know, it's just the way that, that it works. And, and and I just I, I it's kind of inspired me to be a little bit more outgoing. So it's another one of those a similar example where yeah. it's like I, I, I appreciate it so much that I kind of want to do it a little bit more myself too, gotcha. and and not be quite so afraid of like, oh, people are going to think I'm dumb for saying this. Yeah. Um, so really. Yeah. Really great. Awesome. Uh, what about you? What's your for what's me? Next one. This is probably the most important thing. And like I said before, it was not what originally uh, attracted me to her, but over time has, I think, become the most important thing to me. And it's just that she has an incredible heart for other people. Yeah. Um, she is far better uh, empath than I am. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she just feels things for people. And, like, stuff bothers her, like, when it happens to other people. And, like, she just has, like, she genuinely cares for others. Yeah. Like, I don't know, it's hard to even explain, but she just, she just has a great heart and just wants other people to find the right, you know, thing or, Absolutely. you know, I don't know. 
it's hard hard to put words to it, but like she she just I don't know, like you you work with people or you're around people and it's like, you know, they'll they'll come up to you and, you know, when something bad happens to you and they're like, Man, sorry, man and sometimes it, it feels like pity or it can mm-hmm. feel like disingenuous. And yeah, they're kinda just, brushing you off a little bit it by just never, it almost either. Yeah. It just never feels that way with her. Yeah. It's just always felt like heartfelt so i was gonna say tara probably is one of the most compassionate people that i know and i think that's probably why why our wives kind of get along because they have like that similar uh kind of mindset for for other people in that way and and it and you said it perfectly because she is the type of person that whenever someone is kind of coming up to to someone and they're sharing a concern a prayer concern or whatever she'll really engage in them with a lot of conversation and and really make them feel heard just by asking more questions or sharing examples it's like i you know she's really careful not to say i know exactly what you're going through but she has that impression yeah, where yeah, she yeah. makes them feel like you know i really yeah. understand what you Resonate. mean and yeah yeah exactly and i and that's another one where i'm just like i'm so so impressed by it because that's one of those things that I have definitely had to develop a lot over the last, yeah. you know, however long period of time of like how to be in the moment and listen Nurture. and not, not like, you know, kind of like, you know, I, I like to think of myself as a good listener, but there's a certain amount of listening that can happen with, with engagement too. Yes, yes, and yes, and yes. so I think she's, she's just excellent at that kind of stuff. Well, and you can be a good listener and not compassionate. Yeah. Yeah. That's true too. Yeah. So to be able to do both of those things is yeah, awesome. Yeah. She's really good about just, um, I mean, I think both of our wives are actually really good at just kind of like thinking like, well, what's a, what's a, what's a little thing, you know, what's something that can just kind of speak to that person. So Um, was that your, was that your second thing? That was my second thing. Nice. Look at that. It's Uh, almost like we had a plan. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, we're going to try something uh, that we've never done before. mm. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to spice it, spice it up a little bit. And uh, we're going to transition out of this segment into the next segment, which is our icebreaker question. But to do that, we're going to we're going to put on some tunes. You guys okay with that? Hey, I've got my harmonica right here and I'm going to (laughs) get ready for it. Just say the word. Well, this song is uh, one that I found recently that I really, really love. Uh, love the lyrics to it. Love the thought that it made me think. And actually, like Matt would say, it's it's a bop. I would say that. Uh, yeah, you would. <laughs> but this is a uh, strange name, but his name's Peabod. Found him on Instagram, and this is his song, Better Than Nostalgia. Ain't no dust on my photo albums. I can't make it through the day without them. I've been stuck in the middle like Malcolm. AirPods only play early 2000s. Thousands of options to cope. Offer concoctions of reruns and tropes. It's better for me than a smoke. I dope, but I'm wondering, is this enough for me? Is this enough? I need more than a second hand high from a memory. More than a way to get by. What's the remedy? Looking back feels like my only tether. I need something better. All right, guys, so we're going to keep the show going here with our next segment. Uh, and we got a little bit of an icebreaker, you know? We had a, mm. had a wonderful segment to start us off here. but Let's break breaker. that ice, bro. It's time to break the ice, man. Um, break it up. Into maybe maybe ice. we should have done the icebreaker question first. You know, come to think of it. <laughs> What is the point of an icebreaker question part with it? Whatever. We're, we're into it now. Um, <laughs> the ice only got melted a little bit. Now we're it breaking like it. The love was kind of warming the ice, yes, preparing yes. it to be broken. Yeah, it all makes sense. It makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> um, I have a question for you. Kind of a fun way of thinking about our uh, disaster at hand that we'll get into in a few minutes here. But So... Uh, one of the questions that you and I, we enjoy sharing different recommendations with each other about different shows we're watching, movies, and yeah. uh, uh, but we're, we're kind of on the reading train a little bit more this year, too. So we'll also mention some book recs and things like that, too. But here's my question for you. Like, comparatively, you know, what? how often do you find yourself um, – stopping right so the question is do you persist in finishing something or when do you stop and i'm sure it's different so what's your kind of philosophy on the difference between like you know you hit a book and it's just like this isn't doing it for me 
you're in the middle of a show, the middle of a season or something like that, and you're like, no, I'm done with this, or a movie. Is it easier for you to kind of like quit partway through one of those, or do you just finish them all no matter what? I will say that I am definitely, this is a waste of my time. I'm out of here kind of guy. Yeah. But I will say that I've only ever walked out on one movie. Okay, cool. I've only ever fallen asleep during one movie. Hmm. And it's because That's a good point too. That's it's a... it's because Oh man, my throat just like uh, throat's like you can't say it. Don't say yeah, it. Don't say it. <laughs> don't besmirch this wonderful <laughs> yeah, this, movie. This movie. Now there's a movie with John Travolta called Battlefield Earth. Okay. Yes, I'm familiar with it but have never watched it. <laughs> it was so bad. And I was with a group of people, and we were all looking at each other like, why are we still here? Yeah. This is terrible. So we got up and left. That's the only time I have. And, and I'm not – I don't like doing that because I paid money. Yeah, so even if I'm not enjoying too. it, I'm going to I'm gonna finish it. Uh, I, books are not expensive enough for me to feel that way okay. oftentimes. Okay, fair. Yeah. You know? Uh, man, maybe I should rethink that. I mean, it's still a decent a little bit of money, but I think I just – you borrow books a lot. You know, mm-hmm. people give you books. You know, there's like a popular series out, and then eight people, you know, have at least one or two of them, you know, and you start reading them or whatnot. But I would say for the most part, if I buy a book, I do finish it, uh-huh. to, be, to be honest. Uh, but the movie I fell asleep, I, I was uh, with youth kids, and it was like on a long trip, and it was like the uh, the Morgan Freeman uh, like voice with like the penguins. March of the Penguins or something like that. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah, I, yeah there's yeah. something about watching nature and listening to Morgan Freeman's voice that just like... That does sound... I mean, I'm <laughs> sure that was very soothing, honestly. Just put... Yeah. I, like, I just passed out. Calming presence. And, you know, yeah. but normally I, I, I like to try to... I like to try to finish something, but if it's bad and it's free, I'm not going to waste my time with it, yeah. you know? That's a good point. Um I found it easier to quit things in the streaming era than I felt like it was possible to beforehand. Because I do feel like there's this kind of like this sunk cost kind of fallacy thing that pops up where it's like, well, I spent money on this. I'm going to get everything I can out of it, even if what I'm getting out of it is, you know, boredom or misery or something like that. I I will never not finish a book. This makes me a little bit of a pariah uh, amongst the, the English department at the university at which I teach. And it's that thing <laughs> where they're kind of like, oh, no, life's too short. You got to quit the book. And I'm like, I just can't. I can't. I've got a couple that just, it, just have, hope, hoping that it's going to get better. Admittedly, I mean, I've we'll say paused some books. They're still on the nightstand. They still have a bookmark uh, in there, but yeah. but I've not necessarily uh, uh, given up on them. But there have been a lot of shows and Question for you. Quit. I, I, could, I could see not giving up on a nonfiction yeah. information-wise. You know, I know sometimes some books are harder to get through because they're just written, not they're just not easy to read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's, easier or would be easier for you to give up on a something that's fiction some fiction um because it's just you're just like yeah you just kind of hate the direction that it's going and everything like that i i can definitely see that i think i'd be more likely to give up mid series than i would be to give up mid book you know like i think trying to think if i ever read a book in this series or not I was going to, you know, during, like, around the time that, like, Hunger Games came out, there were, like, a million imitators and stuff like that uh, of those uh, those, those young adult kind of dystopian novels and things like that. And there was one that was really, really popular. I think it was called Deliverance or something like that. Um, I can't really can't yeah. remember. Dang. Um, but, uh, but that was one where I wanted to read it and... Tara basically said, "Yeah, I read the first two, and I couldn't even get through the third one." I'm like, "Well, I'm not reading that." So I, uh, yeah, so there tough. have been some times where I've I've been kind of okay to to stop midway through a series, but I I always kind of want to give it a shot in the yeah. uh, in the book itself just to see if it'll end in a in a you know kind of somewhat I, okay way. I don't know why I do this, but I when I'm reading a fiction book, I get in my mind a picture of where it's going. Yeah, right. And if it doesn't go there, I often quit reading it's... the book. <laughs> and there are times where it doesn't go there, but it's better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's great. Sure. But if it doesn't go there and it's worse, yeah. at least in my opinion, it's really hard. Like the perfect example is that the, 
I think it's Divergent. Is that the yes? That's the it. series. I had it in my head, like the whole second book builds up to like what's outside the fence. Yeah, and I had it in my head that it was like something going to be awesome that they had to like fight, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was just like other people. Oh, okay. And I was I like, know. this is so that's the twist. disappointing. Yeah. Um, divergent and, was what I was thinking of when I said deliverance. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, the only deliverance I know, I know. is that, that movie with the banjo. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's a long day guys. Is that it? Is that the right thing? I feel like you're right. I mean, I, I, who knows? We're not, if we're not, if we're not right, you can email us at professional hey, disaster. 2023 at gmail.com. That's profdisaster2023 at gmail.com. If we got everything I right. I think I said professional disaster. Yeah, I know. Um, I guess we should listen, try and squat on that name, yeah, too. Listen, <laughs> listen folks, maybe um, maybe it's okay if you don't get it right, because sometimes neither do we. I was going to say, if we got everything right, then what would we call ourselves? Oh, we would just be professionals, I guess. Yeah. Uh, professional, we can't do that. Professional we, awesome. Yeah. We, that's, that's kind of a cool name, though, too. <laughs> Maybe we'll let's maybe, do this for like about yeah. five years, and, and then, then we'll, we'll see just where see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, we ready to uh, work our way into it? I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, here's a little bit more of that song, and then we'll get back into it in a second. Coming up next, disaster at hand. Boom. <laughs> Yesterday from February, we had to go through a lot of crazy things together, so I don't owe you. But I'm a blue version of myself, down on the noise of live tracks from Seinfeld. I can't tell up from down on this side beat, drip from the 90s, you tell me that I need more than a second and high from a memory, more than a way to get by. What's the remedy in looking back? All right, guys, it's time for the disaster at hand. And this is where we're going to go a little bit deeper on something that we've been thinking about and how it affects our lives. And today we have a, a topic that kind of came out of uh, some discussions that we were having in a in, a, in kind of like a church small group uh, class that, that Pastor Will uh, teaches. I'm using your your, your title there. At an, since at it was, an, uh, at an undisclosed church yeah. in an undisclosed town. <laughs> undisclosed town in the, uh, in the Midwest. Uh, but uh, but I think, you know, we want to kind of like play at it from a couple of different angles and, and kind of see what, what kind of comes to mind this way. So it's kind of this question that comes about, you know, you're kind of told at different times of your life that patience is a virtue and you're told these different things about just things always start off kind of uh, slow, but you know, you need to work hard. And yet there, there are these kind of attitudes and some of them good, some of them not in culture about, you know, like about standing up for yourself and, you know, making sure that you're not being um, unfairly treated. And it relates to some things out of scripture, but we'll just kind of ask the question in this kind of general way uh, to start us off. Take it wherever you want to go. What's some of the way that you start thinking about that? How do you know when it's time to stay, persist through a, a rough time? Um, and that can be a lot of different things, of course. Um, and how do you know when it's time to either do something about it or or go? Should I stay or should I go now? I've been thinking about that a lot. <laughs> I know. That's <laughs> Ever since we talked about what, what we were gonna, uh, what topic we were gonna discuss, that song's been in my head. Uh, I I think this is really hard because I think at some level you don't know. Yes, right. And you never are gonna know until <laughs> hindsight. But I I think that the key of it is making sure that you don't leave too early. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, speaking from personal experience. Being able to look back, there was a time in my life where I was at a job and I wasn't necessarily unhappy. I just felt like I was being abused a little bit. Yeah. And things were not as good as they used to be. And interestingly enough, in that season of frustration, there was three opportunities that kind of came to me. And I, I really just felt like God was saying, not yet. Yeah. And I felt like when I interviewed and talked about some of them, I really I felt selfish. Uh one of the jobs was uh in Florida and it was like 5 minutes from where my little brother lived. Oh, okay. And 
I just got to this point where I was like, the only reason you're you're even entertaining this is because you love the idea of being able to live near your brother again. Mm-hmm. And luckily enough, I didn't pursue it because I because I felt that way. And then my brother ended up moving to Kansas City like <laughs> like six months to a year later. Yep, and I was like, how right. how stupid would that have been if I'd have moved there simply because of that? And then boom, it you know it blows up in your face. And I, I stuck around, I kind of waited, and things didn't get better, but I, I got to a point where I really felt like God released me mm-hmm. from where I was, and that's when I started pursuing stuff on my own, and I had pursued a job, and it was starting to get a little funky, and I was really considering leaving ministry altogether, and then I got a phone call from you know, the place where I was going to end up going Mm -hmm. and somebody that just kind of talked me into this idea that the culture that I had been in was not, was not going to be the same of, of where I was going. Yeah. And and I'm thankful because I got to work with somebody that really helped shape me into who I am and helped me understand what a positive work culture looks like. And so when I, when I think about that situation, I, I always go back and I tell this to people all the time. This, I think this is one of the greatest pieces of advice that I've ever received in my life. And I try to apply it to my life and never make decisions in the storm because you're mm, not, yeah, you're not, yeah. you're not thinking clearly in the storm and you usually are thinking emotionally. Now, what I want to say is that your emotional decision might end up being the right decision mm-hmm. at the end of the day, but it's it's rarely the right decision to make at the moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And being able to process and think through things before just like, so, you know, if you're at work and something bad happens at work and you're like, no, I'm done with this. I am done. I'm, I quit. I'm leaving. I can't handle this anymore. Yeah, right. That's not the right thing to do. No. The right thing to do is to finish out the day uh, maybe ask for a, a a day off or whatever it is, and to really process what's going on. Is there somewhere else I can go? Is does this need to be the end of my time here? And, and to to speak back to this idea of how how do I? To me, the question is how do I know when I should endure something and mm-hmm. when I should walk away. And I think that that's, that's really, really hard because there's times like, I mean, how many celebrities have you heard their stories where they're like, I was on the cusp of, of giving up. Yeah, right. And then that final breakthrough happened. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think that it, it's so hard because you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. And I also think that, and, and, and I'll say this, and, and I kind of want to hear your aspect of it yep. too, is like w- when you are considering those things like what big decisions to make like are are there other what what are the other factors yes that are there that are coming into play as far as you wanting to make make that decision Mm -hmm. and how is it going to affect not just you but but the other people in your life yes really good what you said about emotion really struck a chord with me because i was thinking about it and i think you're exactly right um i think sometimes we allow uh, you know, if we're trying to think like, how do we know when to stay or go? Right. I think one of the things that we have to just first ask is like, well, is is it emotion that is trying to, you know, force me to do one or the other? Right. You know, is it fear that's keeping me at a place? Is it rage or, or you know, frustration that's kind of prompting me to go? Because if it's, you know, if it's one of those things, we really have to try and figure out why that is the case first. I was listening to a podcast. This is going to seem like a strange example, but I was just listening this morning to somebody who was talking a little bit about, you know, some of this new stuff with um, in, in college football with transfer portal and stuff yeah. like that. And he was kind of making the case that, you know, they probably have the transfer portal set up in a poor way right now because it's basically set up so that people can start applying for transfer like right after a season ends. And so it's like, you know, he kind of specifically gave the example for like Ohio State and, you know, like having a conversation with your your coach after, you know, doing really well, but, you know, just not quite succeeding to that high level. And, you know, you go into your coach's office, you have a bad conversation and you're like, well, forget this. I'm out of here. I'm going somewhere else where they'll treat me right. Whereas if, you know, there was kind of like this moratorium on that after a season, 
you know, yeah. if it's more like April or May when they can do that, where they've had some time to cool down, maybe they start putting some work back in towards the, the season and they, they just have a cooler head, they're more likely to make a better, less chaotic, you know, yeah. uh, uh, decision as far as that goes. Um, and I think that's really, I think that's really true for a lot of those types of, you know, okay, is this, is this temporary? Is this something that, you know, I can endure? I just need to kind of like uh, develop or grow some resistance to, uh, or is it, is it just a toxic situation? I need to get out for my own sanity, my own mental health. Um, but if we're, we're letting those kind of like those really emergent uh, emotions come out, that yeah. clouds all of that. It's impossible yeah. to be able to say that with, uh, in the moment. I this, think. this asks the question in a little bit of a different way, but Matt, like, part of the part of the hard part of it is like how when do you and how do you decide that something is too toxic i think the thing that that jumps out to me and uh we talked about it a couple of days ago but i think there's a certain level i mean and you even mentioned in your first answer there's a certain level of patience that i think you have to have even if you are in what you perceive to be a yeah. toxic um a, a situation because we always have to kind of, and we this is a theme we kind of come back to um, through a lot of our conversations. You always have to keep in mind the possibility that you don't know everything, right? There has to be a certain level of humility when you kind of go into a situation where you're trying to decide about these things, where it's like, oh, I'm I'm never going to be successful here, or I'm never going to be happy here, and maybe maybe that's true, or maybe there's something where it's like first. Uh, six months, the first year of something, it's, it, in a lot of ways, it's often the rockiest, hardest time. It's the one where we feel the most insecure about ourselves because we're learning something new. Yeah. And what happens if instead you just need to push through um, for a little bit longer till you get a little bit of you know confidence in yourself and you know those things that you're like, oh, I can't stand to do this one more time or deal with this person one more time. Yeah. You kind of you kind of find your way. Uh, uh, around that you find you just find a little bit more kind of uh, facility or comfort in doing some of these things um, and I think sometimes what happens is that we're just like so so sure of ourselves right away as yeah like, this is not gonna work I, I knew from the first day I walked in that it was gonna be a bad thing and I'm I'm, I'm just out of here you know so I think time or patience is is just really critical for that and a certain amount of humility that goes into that is yeah, huge I, I, I'm gonna take it to this because I'm a it's the industry in which I serve in, but I I don't get frustrated that people leave my church or leave a church. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I get frustrated because I feel like they do it too soon. Yes. Yeah. And there are plenty of reasons to leave a church. There are plenty of really good reasons to leave a church. And there's plenty of reasons why you should leave, you know, and never, never come back. But, most of the time, those are not the people, the, the reasons that people have. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I think that people leave churches because there's a conversation that they're afraid of or a conversation that they don't necessarily want to have. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not speaking to anybody specific here. Sure. I'm not talking sure, about, sure, sure. I'm not talking about our church, but just church in it's general. Mindset stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. And I just think that, you really, I think the church deserves your effort to try to change something. If, if there's something not going right, if, if there's something that needs to change, if if the pastor does or say something that, that, that's bothersome to you, like th there should be a, a, a conversation that yeah. happens there. You know, this, the silly thing to me is like you hear somebody that said, well, I left this church because they wouldn't support me to do this. And then I went to this new church and, and they supported me to do this. And it's like, well, who did who did you talk to? Yeah, right, right, right. And and why did they say no? And and why is another church saying yes? And and maybe maybe a church wasn't necessarily saying no, but they were saying wait a second, we we can't just run yeah. with this. We we have to pray through this. We have to figure out how this is going to work because there's a lot of times where I, I think from from my perspective as a leader, it's like, well, this these are great ideas that you have, but I don't want to get stuck being the one that's trying to pull off your your vision and your your passion. And, and I I say all that to to say when, when we get stuck in a a difficult situation um, and, and maybe I'm just thinking about this because I'm going to. Um, 
talk a little bit about Easter the sun I'm Easter golly Esther <laughs> we're getting there though yeah but, not not quite not Easter yet. I'm gonna talk about Esther Sunday but like who says that you weren't placed in that situation yeah. to help be about an agent of of change yeah sure 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 and and enduring some of that and that doesn't mean that I think that God wants you to get you know pooped on yeah you know every time you you know, get somewhere or do something. But I, I just think that in all situations, like even like in our homes, we don't give up on our homes, uh, not as easily as we do some other things anyways. Sure. But it's like if if something in your marriage or, or something in your home life or something with your children, if, if, if it's not going the way that you expect or if you're having to en- endure some frustration there, like don't those people deserve like an opportunity to – to change something? Yeah, I was trying to think of like the right word to describe it. The the best phrase I could kind of come up with was just like, you know, exploring, exploring options almost. It's like I think too too often we kind of get locked into this really fixed mindset of like, okay, I didn't like the way that that person treated me. And that's the way that, 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 that means that this is a toxic environment. Whereas is it, is it not possible that you could maybe have a conversation with that person and, and seek to part understand that person but also kind of express like you know the way that we had that 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 exchange over that project or whatever it might be i really didn't like the way that we we worked together like that can we try something a little bit different and not just assume that you know things are always going to be set in stone i uh i had a i had a situation when i first took over um some of my chair responsibility at the university that i will not name and it was a (laughs) It was a, it was, it was, it was really a little bit of a heartbreaking situation because uh, what was going on was that it was somebody that I was, uh, I was working over the summer to try and you know do some some scheduling uh, adjustments and and I would I talked to him a little bit about like how I would like to set up a meeting with him and I wanted to I was going to change his schedule I was going to give him a class that I thought he really would would like to teach and in that conversation he informed me that he was resigning and that he uh he was going to another university where they would let him teach this this and this and two of those classes were classes that I was in the process of it of of, of working to get onto his yeah, schedule yeah. and I was like man if you had just reached out to me to say hey I'm I'm really unhappy with you know some of my teaching load and I'm working worried about my job security here because I know what, you know, kind of the enrollment is looking like and everything. And, and if we had just had a conversation, I could have said, I think you're going to be okay. You know, yeah. no promises, but like, here's, here's what I can, here's what, here's what I have planned. And, yeah. and you know, yeah. but didn't hear anything about it until he was informing me about his intention to, <laughs> to resign. And at that point, there's nothing I could do yeah. about it. Um, I, just a missed opportunity there that I wonder if, you know, our, our, you know, kind of desire to be proactive cannot sometimes uh, especially sabotage a, us. Especially in a change of leadership, you know. Yeah, yeah. Who knows, you know, who's to say that, that something won't be different? Yeah, I know. That was that was kind of, that was disappointing. And it's not to say that there aren't situations where um, you can, you can, you can just kind of like get into the stuck position to uh, yeah. uh, uh, like, the, you know, this kind of soul crushing stuff. And then, you know, you feel trapped and, and then you become kind of like dead inside. But we we don't do this naturally. But I think that regardless of the situation, regardless of how sure you are that it's everybody else, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that in every situation we have to take time to to look inward. Yeah, and say. Am I part of the problem? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I think about some of the things that you know you can get frustrated with uh, a, a, about a situation or not being treated a you know the way you hoped or should, mm-hmm. or somebody's not performing at a level that that you feel like they should, and it's like what well, or you feel like somebody has got an attitude yes. with you about something and like am i seeing something that's not there am i perceiving things to be a certain way when they're not and i'm not saying that we're going to discover that we're the problem but i just think it's foolish to run away without asking yourself i mean maybe marriage is a is a great example from the sense that if if you were part of the problem 
and you run away to something else, chances are you're going to create that same problem in the next you're, marriage. You're bringing it and, with you, basically. And why wouldn't you just work on the first one yeah. and try to yeah. figure it out? Now, I, I know that that's simplistic and that real life doesn't always work out that way. But just as an example, like before before I make a decision to walk away from something, am I part of the problem? Yes. And, and if, if there's is there change that I can make, you know, because you may not be able to change the situation. Mm-hmm. And and to me, this comes back to the, the heart of what we talked about in that class is through endurance. Endurance produces character. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and is God trying to use this situation to grow me? And if I leave too early, am I going to be ill-prepared for what's next? Yeah, that's a great example, right? A relationship, a broken relationship. You know, if we're part of the problem in that, then how many more broken relationships will we have or cause along the way to lead to that? Same thing with employment, I guess, too, right? If you have a character defect and you're just ignorant to it, how how many more successful jobs are you going to have if you're just going to the next place and you have terrible work ethic or, you know, you're not not a good team player or something like that, you know? it perpetuates and it continues on. And not only that, just think about, and I don't mean to say this in a way to try and like convince people, oh, never make any changes, but just think about what is required to make a change, right? You know, yeah. you're, there's a certain benefit that comes from continuity and, and, you know, stability and everything in terms of not having to upend things, not having to learn, you know, uh, close down things. Um, if it's a job, you know, you have gaps of pay, you know, there, there are all these things that, you know, in a lot of ways, if you can make it work and it works well and uh you you know you're not doing terrible things or terrible things aren't happening to you it makes more sense yeah. to stay at the place right i there's just a lot to that um oh well, and besides the fact like i mean speak to me matt because i i don't want to say this just as a an employer because i know you, that you probably are thinking the same way that i'm thinking is that you switch too often too too much oh yeah yeah then there it's there's almost like there's something that comes with that where it's like well i don't understand why you've had 10 jobs in the last you know year and a half 100% there's this example that i always think about you know i've, I've been fortunate to be to serve on a lot of hiring committees even before i was in um, a leadership position at uh, at my job and one one time there was this one guy that we were looking at his resume and it listed no fewer than eight different positions um, across three years um, and and some of those were simultaneous and some of them were at different uh uh, states and and it was kind of before the time that online education was quite as as kind of ubiquitous as it is now as as you know kind of common for somebody to be doing yeah, it across yeah. all these different states and things and I just said this just feels really funky to me that that there would be so many different places um, and and that's not, what not able to stay that's still. what we in the business call a red flag yeah exactly <laughs> and I'm sure you know that's what that's what we can sometimes you kind of have to. And, and fair or not, you have to go with your gut on those types of things. And yeah, and you do have to that is part of the cost consideration of thinking about moving through those things. You you made a really good point there and you made a made a really good point earlier about just, you know, that that matter of um, I was thinking of it in the terms of like, you know, perspective. Right. This idea about like, OK, uh, am I am I being really egocentric with everything that I'm thinking about this choice? Um, and that extends to what am I putting into a situation? Yeah. And and also, not only that, you mentioned this right at the beginning, how will it affect other people in my life too? Mm. And I and I just I just really like that point. I wanted to to specifically highlight that as well. A lot of what we were thinking th- this happened a couple of years ago, um uh two, well, it was 2015 cuz it was the year that 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 Jeff was born cuz Tara was pregnant with Jeff and there was an opportunity to uh to for me to apply for a job back in uh Salisbury uh where I'm from Maryland and uh I don't I don't mind mentioning that town by name cuz I don't live there anymore but uh <laughs> not to be confused with the steak yeah yeah Salisbury uh steak uh Salisbury yeah whatever um it's uh, a <laughs> so it's a uh, so so it was a you know it was a good job it was exactly what I was doing at the at, at my current job I thought I'd be a really good candidate for it but I was also uh just kind of like really I don't know I I I was really hesitant to actually apply for it and then um 
you know, Tara and I were going into a, uh, a marriage retreat of all things, and we just kind of we decided to take the weekend just to like chill out on it a little bit, to to take some time to think and pray about it. Got a little distance from it. We kind of left ourselves from the urgency of it too, yeah. you know, which is really helpful. And then we just kind of asked ourselves some questions. You know, how difficult is this going to make it for um, Tara to to uh, you know, to, to change uh, doctors, you know, halfway through uh, a pregnancy, you know, uh, both of our pregnancies were high risk pregnancies. So there's something to be said about that. Um, And, uh, you know, just what, what are we hoping to, it kind of goes back to the question that you asked yourself, you know, why would we want to go back? Yes, we want to be by our families and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, is it really the right thing? And we, we felt God pretty, pretty firmly impressing upon us. No, you need to stay. And, and, you know, not only was that really smart because Jeff, uh, Jeff came early and, uh, you know, Tara was, you know, a stroke risk and all this kind of stuff. It, it, it got kind of a little dicey there before Jeff was born. Uh, so thank goodness we were at the place that we were at and they knew yeah. us so well. But also a couple of years later, you know, we were in the perfect place to get really good care for uh, Tara's uh, cancer treatments. Um, and we didn't have to, you know, drive a, a long distance away. We were we were exactly where God wanted us to be. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and if, if I had just made the decision based off of I want to be back by, you know, uh, my family, our family, you know, because uh, Tara's family's around there too but we just kind of made that in the moment just how how that would have impacted our family is pretty even pretty amazing to think about even for you to start over as a professional down the ladder yeah even though the you know it would have most likely taken you longer to get where you are yeah no that that's true too and and truth be told this, this, and this kind of comes back to it. This is this is about the decision. I know a lot of people feel like, you know, they have to make a decision about leaving or staying because because they want to advance, you know, and yeah. it's kind of like, OK, if I stay here, I'm not going to get this promotion or I'm not going to. Uh, and, and that's where the perspective thing comes into play, too, because it's like and I'm not saying this is bad, but if the only reason you're doing your job is to move into a, an upper level position, that's okay, but that's that's kind of a different thing than just doing yeah, the job yeah. for the love of the job, too. And and I was very comfortable with the idea at that time that okay, I I did think I wanted to be chair of the department, but if it doesn't happen, or if it doesn't happen for like you know twenty twenty five years or something like that, that's okay. I still love everything that I'm doing at my current job, yeah. and and if I love the job and I love the people that I'm working with, why do I want to take that chance that I'm going to go into what might actually be a bad situation just because there's that one you know there's that little piece that I'm not as happy uh, with or not even unhappy but just yeah. impatient about you know thinking like oh I got to move on this or else I'm I'm gonna miss my sh- chance or something. Yeah, I think I I was in a situation where I had graduated college and just gotten married and was pursuing full-time ministry, but I was working kind of two part-time jobs and one of those jobs was like, you know, helping, you know, pull sports equipment out for for little kids and I just didn't do it well. And I just remember my boss pulling me aside and saying, listen, dude, I, I know what you aspire to, but this is where you are now. Mm-hmm. And it's foolish for you to think that God can't use what you're learning here and doing here to help you out in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sure enough, I, I get a full-time job in Pennsylvania, and then I get an opportunity to help coach girls basketball at the local high school, which is a great end for a youth pastor. Yes, and probably would not have been able to do it if I didn't have the type of experience that I had. And if I didn't have him as my reference, because he was a, you know, former girls, you know, oh, basketball cool. coach, yeah. like at like the collegiate level. And so to have him be able to, you know, speak for me and, and do all that. And it's, it's just kind of funny to see in hindsight, okay, here, here were things where, Maybe I wasn't super happy doing this, but it did help pay the bills. But also God used that in a pretty cool way to open up an opportunity for me in the future. And, yeah. and I think that that's what's hard because and my my dad happened to, to be at this uh, one with us, this this Bible study because uh, they were visiting. And I think one of the things that he said that stuck out to me was just like the, the patience of that. Mm-hmm of being able to to say okay I'm I'm sitting in this God's using this to to open up 
doors and and to prepare me for for what's ahead and I, and but we live in this society where we want it now yeah yeah and we have to kind of bypass that a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because that's what our our you know you, you you get Amazon packages show up at your house before you even buy stuff I mean it feels like I mean it's it's insane that's right. So like, and then I, we get a little bit mad if that two day shipping is yeah. actually more like three days. It's yeah. kind of like, wait we, a second. <laughs> we get frustrated, and it's like God's process of forming us into the the human beings that He wants us to be doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we can't just say, "Well, I'm I'm unhappy that I'm I'm not where I'm supposed to be," or or I don't think that this track is is gonna you know set me up for for what I really want and. And it, that may be true, and it may be that you need to move on to somewhere else. But I think sitting in it and... That was kind of one of my huge takeaways from um, our class discussion and just thinking about it more over the last couple of days. There's something to be said about just just waiting, you know, just, just waiting because... No, <laughs> And I don't uh, I, I recognize that there is a potential fallacy in this that, you know, you can wait and that can just mean that you, you know, kind of lack conviction or anything like that. But I, I really I really just believe that if, if it's the right thing for you to do to move on from somewhere, it'll still be the right thing for you to do to move on from it, you know, uh, a period of time later, yeah, whatever that yeah. is, a week later or, you know, a month or, or a year later, even if it's yeah, yeah, yeah. one of those things that operates on kind of an annual um, cycle. Um, I remember uh, uh, something that happened uh, not not too long ago, but it was like Tara really, really felt compelled that she needed to move off of um, a, a job that she was in. Um, and, and so one of the things that we kind of did was, well, we prayed about it a lot. Um, she kind of kept her eyes open for different opportunities and, and just tried to figure out like, okay, what's right for me? She went on a couple of those job interviews and, and then sometimes it, 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 didn't really happen. And, and a couple of other times she got offered the job and she's like, mm, actually, no, she kept waiting just to make sure yeah, that yeah, she yeah. was going to do the right thing because she knew that I, 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 I can endure here. This will be okay. I don't feel like it's right for me anymore, but I, I, I just don't want to, I don't need to run away. I don't need to make a snap judgment about yeah. something just because it feels like that's what I need to do. And I really, I really commend her for that because that's one of those things that I think is sometimes really hard to do too, is just, you know, especially in the case where if you get a job offer, I mean, it feels really good. Right. And you're kind of like, yeah, absolutely. But, but to think about it, to pray over it and say, I know I applied for this. I know it, it, it it's inconvenient for you. You're, you're doing a nice thing by, uh, by offering me this, but I just don't, it doesn't feel right. Good stuff, man. This is a, this is a really tough one. And obviously, like, like we said at the top, it's so hard to know in the moment. You really, you you can tell pretty well in hindsight sometimes, but um, I think you, you give God more opportunities perhaps to, to lay it on your heart, whether it's a a stay or go situation. If you just kind of have a little bit of patience about it. Um, I don't know. Obviously, if you guys have any thoughts, you should email us. ProfDisaster2023 at gmail.com. That's ProfDisaster2023 at gmail.com. All right, we'll be back in a hot minute. Well, let's get into matters of faith. Why? Because faith matters. Let's go. A whole lot. It really does. <laughs> kind of. 
<laughs> no joke. Kind of important. All right. I, I'm going to uh, share from a verse, Psalm 141, 1 through 2. Do you have it? I do. Ooh, you want to read it for us? I would love to, yes. We're reading from Psalm 141, 1 and 2, like you said. Uh, just making sure I didn't accidentally pull up the wrong thing. <laughs> It says, uh, and for anybody who cares, this is the ESV version. O Lord, I call upon you. Hasten to me. Give ear to my voice when I call to you. Let my prayer be counted as incense before you and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Mm. So I was reading this the other day and the raising of hands being compared to a sacrifice was really compelling to me. And I thought of three different things, and I guess it's not necessarily a question, but just kind of want to throw it no, to you. No, let's get into just, it that yeah, way. Just, yeah. just what, what you think. I, I, I thought of a child running to a father when they can't get something done or they need help to do something. So throwing up your hands is like, Daddy, please help me. So there's a surrender aspect. There's also a help aspect. And then I just was thinking how powerful it is that when we – when we walk up to to dad and we throw our hands up, there's almost like this, like, pick me up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just was thinking about being picked up into the arms of the father and how that changes your perspective. Yeah. yeah. When you're on the ground, you, you can see what a kid sees. But when you get picked up, you know, that you... you, you almost triples your height mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and and you you're seeing from a, a different perspective and i was just uh i was just thinking how powerful that is that we just face situations in life where i i think we don't do this enough where we just need to go to the presence of god and just you know throw up our hands and say help yeah no that's powerful uh and one of the reasons that I, I just truly love to talk scripture with you is because I, I just love that kind of perspective that you you bring on these things and then you kind of follow it and it just kind of it, it just kind of clicks in a way for me I when I was when I was first hearing the voice uh the voice the verse this is the voice <laughs> when I was hearing the voice <laughs> got, got this is the verse <laughs> do, 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 do. boy what a what a show that would be man um I don't really know how it would work per se um, <laughs> you just get up something and share with your... the chairs I don't know that's all I got <laughs> Somebody reads scripture and they're like, mm, "I like that one." I'm, I think I'll, it's like it's still <laughs> still has Blake Shelton on it for some reason. I, I don't Why know. not? Uh, yeah, he's good. Uh, but that that part of the verse that talks a little bit about lifting up of my hands and and the idea that it's a sacrifice, right? And just yeah. thinking about like what the idea of a sacrifice means, you know, it, it, it like. It's supposed to be evocative of like these things that, you know, people had to, you know, in that time and and before and after, you know, pay money for or otherwise, you know, acquire and raise or and then sacrifice, you know, give of themselves. So, like, what does it mean to make your, you know, kind of lifting of hands? You know, you think about praising and worshiping a little bit and and we think about raising hands that way. Lift it. It's like it kind of like recontextualizes this idea that, you know, God doesn't really care about. Uh, a lamb being uh, uh, sacrificed on the altar. He doesn't really care about our tithe. He uses those things, right? Yeah. But what he cares about is just us being willing to be there and be present and and just be more vulnerable. It's what it symbolizes. Not it's not necessary. It's it's the power behind the action, not the actual action yeah. itself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which to me, when you when you think about the raising of hands being a sacrifice, would you say that at some level it's a sacrifice of pride? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly, yeah, that, that's that's a really good way to put it because I was trying to think of it, like it's this expression where, I mean, let's 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 get real about it. It looks ridiculous if somebody just walks in and people are like, kind of like, wait, what are they doing? Why are the hand? you know? Yeah, Until yeah. you understand that it's about, uh, uh, you know, a presence and feeling the spirit in a, in a very powerful way and wanting to just connect to God and and again, that that kind of opening up is such a powerful physical way of doing that. Uh, I think that's a really cool thing to think about. And that's and God's like, yes, okay, thank you for these actions, but man, just just doing whatever you can to be in my presence is, I mean, that's what He's calling for us to do. You yeah. Know? And and I really think that's 
that's really beautiful in a way. This this is a piece of scripture that I can't say that I've ever really. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, I know I've read it, uh, but but I'm sure I've just kind of glanced over and just thought, yeah, yeah, okay, yep, yep, yep. Pray, it's important, you know. <laughs> like, but it's just it's just such a cool idea. It's like you know, incense and and sacrifices. It's like your prayer can do that, and and you know, your worship or your your you know physical posture can do that as well. And that beautiful, beautiful about our relationship with God. I think that when we read scripture we ought to be looking for something yes yes. you know what i'm saying not looking not looking for something that you think is there but looking for something you don't know Mm -hmm. i mean it's almost like looking for treasure you know if you find a treasure chest you're not you don't know what's in it you just hope that there's going to be something valuable and i think that we we don't want to just read like a novel because then it's just like information. But it's like, what does this information mean? It's like it's like an instruction manual versus, you know, a story to be told. There's something that you you do, you know, when I when I order something from IKEA and I have to put it together, I read the instructions and then I do what it says. Mm-hmm. And I think that not reading the Bible like that is a mistake. But when, when you read and something sticks out to you, I, you know, for me, it's just like, okay, wh- why was this so powerful to me? Mm-hmm. What does mm-hmm. this, what does this mean for me? And then what does it look like for me to raise my hands? Mm-hmm. What does it mean for me to sacrifice that? And sometimes I think in worship, I can get so emotional that I, raise my hands not because somebody tells me to not because it's like the this is what you know somebody who's really filled with the spirit yeah. this is <laughs> this is how they know this is yeah like, this i'm is, with it and that's i i hate i hate that i hate that i even think about that but it's you know it's just it is what it is but to be so moved yeah that you don't even think about anything else around you mm-hmm. it's just you, you you almost you you have to throw your your hands up and say like and it, it's emotional because it's like it, to me it's it's more than just praise but that surrender piece is huge it's like i i get it god yeah i don't deserve this um but you pick me up and you love me anyways i i do really love the the kind of the analogy the metaphor that you, that you kind of brought out about like you know what what does that what does that signify? Why would a child hold up his hands to his father? And and a lot of times it is because I need help or pick me up, you know, yeah. pick me up, pick me up. And, and, you know, why, why do kids want to be picked up? Cause they, you know, they feel uh, very safe and supported and comforted in that way. Um, or because they, they're, they're feeling like they, they can't see anything or something that they need and they need that extra, uh, I don't know, uh, help, you know, whatever that is, that, uh, perspective perhaps, uh, that that they can get to see over the wall or or whatever it is uh, yeah. to to get at and you know in a way in in a in a very direct way actually that's exactly what God offers us that's what He wants us to to do so it's a it's it's cool yeah it, it, I mean it, I think that God and being invisible interacting with us in maybe different ways than we wish yeah makes it hard but i i really think that there's stuff like this that we don't do unless we're in a place where you're supposed to Mm -hmm. i know a lot of people will like listen to k love in the car probably not the greatest place to to lift your hands up to the lord Mm, yeah while driving close your eyes (laughs) just get into that prayerful mode (laughs) but i i think that even like this is a a little bit different but the same thing it's really important for me to get on my knees when i pray Mm -hmm. because it's just a posture thing yeah And, and to me this is another one of those postures yeah and and it's it's there's nothing necessarily magical about it except for what it means to God 
Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I was for the longest time, I was not the type of person that that wanted to to do that because I think it was uncomfortable for me. I felt a little insecure doing it. Oh, I thought you but, meant like your knees actually hurt. Um, that did used to be the case when I was <laughs> you know three hundred pounds. There was that part too, but <laughs> it was uh. uh <laughs> Actually, yeah, come to think of it. But anyway, uh, there was this there there is when you kind of get into it with the right mindset, there's just there's a lot of freedom that comes from being in that posture where you realize I don't really have to do anything except just just be here in this, you know, kind of kind of heap on the ground. Oh, did you know it's powerful that I just thought? What's up? Like, you know, a lot of times you hold out your hands because you want somebody to hand you something. But when you hold your hands up, it's like it's almost like you're saying, God, I don't want you to give me anything. I just want you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful place to be yeah. to say, God, I'm not praying for you to fix my circumstances. I just want you to hold me through. Them. Yeah, that's cool. I hadn't thought about yeah. that. Yeah. Well, that's why we have conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna judge anybody that has their that does the the thing where they like hold their hands like yeah, this yeah. while they just, pray. You, you just, know, you're holding, you just like you're holding something. that TV or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Tim Hawkins. Well, anything else you want to uh, cross or dot before we? Any of those eyes or T's? Now I think we're, I think we're in a pretty good place, man. This is good. It's good to be good to be chatting with you. Always, man. Well, folks, we are professional disasters. See you later. Have a good week, everybody. Peace.